Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Yud Zayin in Maseches Megillah. And we start nine lines up from the bottom of Tet Zayin Amad Beis. We begin with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey said. The last Pasuk of the Megillah is where we will begin today. Turns out, you would think Mordechai was unanimously beloved by the Jewish people. But you can't have a position of politics, of political power, and authority without some controversy as follows. Says the last Pasuk, I can say something fast. I was thinking of myself, Aaron, you know, he's the brother of, once he talked, to, he said that, you don't see him doing much except being coined Gadol, you know? Uh, that, being coined Gadol is a lot indeed, plus he was the mouthpiece, but uh, the, the, the point that you're making is actually a great point, which is in all of Chumash, we have so much sibling rivalry between Yitzchak and Ishmael and Yaakov and Esav and then Yosef and his brothers. But Aaron and Moshe, they were cool. Aaron's um, defer, deference to Moshe Rabbeinu was in fact, uh, oh, so uh, is, is, it was a great thing. We should all have that kind of achdus. Oh, okay, so now. That's a good answer. So, as the Pasuk ends, right? The what? Doresh Tov Lamova Dover Shalom Lechal Zara. Okay. So if you look at the Pasuk, you see. Lerovechav, says the Gemara. Lo Lecholechav. He was beloved by most of his brethren, but not all. Wow. That's a reference to the fact that some of the Sanhedrin distanced themselves from him and weren't supportive. Why so? So it's implied in the Hemshech of the Gemara here, the reason. Watch this. Amar Yosef, Gadol Talmud Torah, Yosef Ratzal's Nefashos. Wow. That Talmud Torah is greater than Ratzal's Nefashos. It's implying that part of the Sanhedrin felt, why is Mordechai getting involved in politics? So you'll say, Ratzal's Nefashos. What do you mean, why is he getting involved? We're all going to get killed here. I, but maybe he should stay in the base medrash. So... The truth of the matter is, as Birnbaum points out, there's no letter here to indicate the Rambam, the Shulchan Aruch, meaning we don't paskin, you know, nobody would say that Mordechai should have, right, stayed in the base of and not try to save the Jewish people. But just in terms of how great Talmud Torah is, you could say it's greater than anything. Okay, so even at Talos Nefashos. What's the Raya? So the Raya is, Demikara Chashev Le'el Mordechai Basar Dalet, Ulvasov Basar Chamisha. What do we know in Torah that we have to learn? It's a pasuk in the Chumash. So then it says like this, what's this power ranking? Right, this is what it's saying, power ranking. That, infer, that in initially, these are psukim in Ezra, that initially rank, we assume that the way these people are named in the pasuk are in the power ranking of who's the most chashiv. And you see that in the initial Pasuk in Ezra that Mordechai is ranked as the fourth greatest and later, or the fifth, you know, after four, Basar Dalid. And then in the next Pasuk, he's ranked sixth, Basar Chamisha, after five. That's what this means. And now we're going to say the Pasukim. Okay, so you have... Five people mentioned. The greatest was Yeshua, and then Nehemiah, etc., etc. And Mordechai is ranked fifth. Mordechai Bilshan. Mordechai Bilshan is Mordechai. 
Nachmeni sneaks in there. So in the power ranking, uh, Mordechai slipped below Nachmeni. And therefore, you see, and I don't know where Saraya went. He kind of fell out too. Wonder what his story is. Azariah got in there. Anyways, you look, and it's interesting, the power ranking changed. And a few people got in there ahead of Mordechai, and it's assumed by Rav Yosef that they did so because he was busy, right? He was busy saving lives of the entire Jewish people instead of in, uh, being in the base medrash. Wow. So the base medrash power ranking got, that means that in the Shidduch world, that could cost him like 50,000 check right there. All right, Andrew. I'm not gonna get ha- I'm not gonna get too cocky after getting you yesterday. Sorry. Okay, so here we go. Ve'amarav, ve'itamer of Shmuel bar Marta. Now we're gonna digress to talk about the importance of Talmud Torah in general. Gadol Talmud Torah Yosem Rebinyan Beis Hamikdash. She calls bunch of Baruch Beneria Kayim Lo Yinicho Ezra Ve'Allah. In other words, Baruch Beneria was the Rosh Hashiva in Bavel. Ezra saw the Beis Hamikdash was already bu- being built, but he waited until he you know finished smicha, so to speak, right? Until uh, before. Uh, going with the rest of Kali Israel, that um, was the cause of his delay. And again, would you say that if you have to go build a base of Mikdash, you don't leave Seder? Maybe yes, maybe no. But the point is, this is a um, a data point to show how great Talmud Torah was. That even for the base of Mikdash being built, he stayed with Shir. And furthermore, so this is going to be a topic that's going to take us till the end of the parak on Yezayim and Because it says, Because we know, Yaakov Avinu, famously, this is Rashi, quotes it in Pasuk over there, Yaakov was punished for the 22 years that he was away from his, from his father. Uh, and he was unable to do Kibbut Avaim. Okay. Why being away is, is a cause for punishment is a different question altogether. Didn't his parents tell him to go away? That is a good question in, indeed. But the point is, he was punished. How so? Because it was a midah connected midah. Because kol midos of connected midah. Yosef ended up being away from Yaakov for 22 years as well. And so he, again, it wasn't exactly the same because that was a greater anguish, right? He thought Yosef was dead, etc. But be that as it may, 22 years, 22 years. However, if you count it, as the Gemara will now do, you'll see that he was away not for 22, but for 36 years. Where's the extra 14 years? Let's count. The Amar Mar, as we arrive at Yezayin Amar Alev at 5.48 a.m. So we're going to do this here. Lama Nimnu Shnosav All right. In order to count the years of Yaakov and how old Yaakov was when he left his parents' house, you got to start from Yishmael. How so? Like this. In fact, right, the statement of Mar is that the whole, the only reason we would even mention Yishmael's uh, age was to give you this piece of information as follows. So, Yishmael died at the age of 137. Good. Now, we know that Yishmael was 14 years older than Yitzchak. Because the Torah actually timestamps when Yishmael was born and when Yitzchak was born. Yishmael was born when he was 86, when Hagar had him. And Avram was 100 years old, as we famously know, when Yitzchak was born. So, excuse me, 86 when Yishmael was born, 100 when Yitzchak was born, bada bing, bada boom, 14 years old was Yishmael. It was just a year after his Ba mitzvah when Yitzchak was born. Fine. Now, 
We know how old Yitzchak was when Yaakov was born. Okay, so now we're getting to Yaakov's birth. So how old Andrew was Yishmael at Yaakov's birth? 74, right? Because, because if Yitzchak was 60 and Yishmael was 14 years older, then Yishmael was 74 years old at Yaakov's birth. As the Gemara says, Bar Kama Hava Yishmael Kisyol Yaakov, Bar Shivim Ba'arba. He was 74. Kama Paishan Mishnei. Okay, so wait a minute. Huh. So that means like this. At the time of Yaakov's birth, he was, uh, Yishmael was 74. At the time of Yishmael's death, he was 137. Which means, and we're, as we're going to see, Yaakov was born when Yishmael was 74. And Yaakov's departure from his home coincided with Yishmael's death. That's the point. So the question is, how much time elapsed from Yaakov's birth when Yishmael was 74 and Yaakov's departure, which coincided with Yishmael's death when he was 137. So take 74 to 137, says the Gemara. Right? So, Kama, Paishan, Mishnei, Shitinus, Las, 63 years. In other words, 63 years elapsed from Yaakov's birth to Yaakov's leaving uh, his home. And that's how we know that Yaakov is 63 years old. And so that's why we learn that Yishmael died when he was 137. Because we know that Yaakov was 63 when he left his home. Good. So the beginning of Yaakov's life, we have chronicled now. He for sure, this is for sure. He for sure left when he was 63 years old. Good. All right. So then... What's the problem? Says the Gemara. The Brisa says, "Vitanya, Yaakov Avinu b'Shash and Isbarach Me'Avi b'In Shishim v'Shaloshana." Oh, look at this! We have a Brisa that did the math already, and it's going to check out. It's going to be exactly like we just said. The Brisa says that Yaakov was sixty-three, in fact, old, sixty-three years old when he left his house. Uveboba Perak Meis Yishmael, and the Brisa even adds to say that that was coinciding with the death of Yishmael. Dechsev, but Yar Esav Kiveirach. The Brisa uses the pasuk. The pasuk says like this: that Esav saw. That Yitzchak blessed Yaakov. So he kind of lost his mind. And he went in a different direction at that point. Went off the D at that point. <clears throat> he goes straight to the other side, the dark side. Goes to Yishmael. Okay. So he marries Machlas, who's the daughter of Yishmael. Now, the Pasuk also adds that Machlas was the sister of this guy called Nevayos who was the son of Ishmael. Well, guess what? If, uh, if she was, right, if Machlos was the daughter, first of all, Machlos is a terrible name, but if she was the daughter of Ishmael, so obviously, by definition, she was the sister of Nevaios, because Nevaios was the son of Ishmael. So what's going on? Ask the Gemara. Obviously, that's, that's basics. Like, we don't, have to learn Yevamas to know the, that family tree. So, so the reason why it mentions Nevayos altogether is because at the moment that Yaakov left Esa, and got the bracha, Esav left. And at that very moment, Ishmael died. And the reason why it mentions Nevayos is to teach you is because at the end, like, you know, biblical times, we learn those Gemaras, speaking of Yevamas, where not really Yavamas, but where the brother, right, marries off the, right, his sister because the father isn't there to marry her off. Okay? So Nevayos is only mentioned to teach you that Ishmael died. That is the Bryce's source that Ishmael's death was simultaneous with Yaakov's leaving. And as we mentioned, if 
if uh, at, at, at Ishmael's death, right, Yaakov was 63 based on the Pesukim, and therefore we know that Yaakov left when he was 63. Good. Now, let's go and count more years of Yaakov's life. So we got our 63 fixed point. Now it's 14 years until Yosef is born. Hashivim Besheva. That's 77. As we'll see, <coughs> now, the fixed point is, we know that there was 14 years from the Pesukim, as Rashi points out, right? That Barbas Hashana says, Rashi, Right, in other words, that's Yaakov's speech to Lavan, right, when Yosef's born. So we know there's a fixed point here that from the time Yaakov arrives till the time Yosef is born, in other words, from the time Yaakov arrives at Lavan to the time Yosef is born is 14 years. Now, the assumption that the Gemara makes here, which is not, which is a wrong assumption, is that he arrived immediately at Lavan. As we will see, it's not going to add up. But this fact that the 14 years, that's in the Pesukim. Okay, so it's taking his 14 years and it's assuming that he left at 63 and arrived at Lavan at 63, which means that Yosef was born when he was 77. Uchsiv, and, uh, and then it says that Yosef was 30 years old, right, when he got, by the time he got to Paro. So, okay, so fine, 77 years old when Yosef was born, 107 years old when Yosef got to Paro. Then you add Shavda Sava Vitarta Khafna. When did Yaakov finally see Yosef's face? After seven years of Sava, right, of plenty, and two years of famine. On, by, this, by the end of the second two years of famine, that's already nine years. Hamea Vishitsa, right? So that's, it's 107, right? Because 77 plus 30, it's 107, plus another nine is 116. Okay. So you would have thought, that by the time Yaakov came to Mitzrayim and saw Paro and Yosef, he was 116. And yet, it says in the Pasuk, <laughs> Paro did us a favor here. He actually asked Yaakov's age, and Yaakov didn't lie. Yaakov said, I'm 130 years old. Wait a minute. I thought we just counted. He was 116. says the Gemara. It should have been 116. Why is he saying 130? Must be that we don't count the 14 years in base Aver. Or, as Rashi says, and the Bach points out, takes out the Lochashiv Lahu. In other words, Lochashiv Lahu is, it's not, in, it's not included. Or, in other words, you could have said Chashiv Lahu also. You could have said that, in other words, Yaakov, when he said he was 130, it includes the 14 years. But, the point is that the 14 years are missing, and that's where he was at Yeshiva's Shem Be'ever. You want to work it a little bit backwards? In other words, we have the two fixed point, Andrew. From the time of his birth till he left, we already, three Shemal, proved that he was 63. From, now let's work backwards. He was 130 when he was by Paro. So you go back 39 years, right? Because nine years of, right, of, of the, of the fam- right, nine years of the famine and the, and the years of plenty, plus another 30 years, right? So then by that point, <clears throat> if you go 39 years, then you'll see, right, and we, that you could work, you could work, uh, so, so what is it? 130 minus 39 is 91. Okay, so he should have been 91. And yet, he wasn't 91. He was 77, right? So, so between 77 and 91, that was the 14... That was the 14 years. Oh, actually, it was between 63 and 77. Wait, he wasn't 91. Oh, no, I'm sorry, because the 14 years of Yosef. 
So the 14 years of Yosef went back. Right, 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 right. Because Yosef was 30 when he rose. So that's 30 years. But there was 14 years before that that he worked in Lavan's house. So 91 minus 14 years is, brings you to 77. Okay. So we know, if we work backwards from 130, we know he was 77 that he arrived at Lavan. If you work backwards. Okay. So now, if you work forwards, you know he was 63. For sure, when he left his father's house, and if you work backwards from the Mitzrayim, we know for sure that he was 77 when he arrived um, at Lovin's house, and therefore, right, and therefore we see that between 63 and 77, he was somewhere. Where was he? Says the, the Gemara, the Tanya, we learned the Brisa, Haya Yaakov Beves Ever, Mutman Arba Shana. He was hidden away in Beis 14 years. And then, just to continue the story, once Yaakov Avinu left for our Naraim, right, so two years later, Aver passed away. Why? Because Yaakov had already left and went to our Naraim. Anyway, we find in that Brisa a, right, a Beferish reference that he was, in fact, 77 years old when he arrived at. Right at the Be'er, at Lavan's house in Aram Naraim. So, all of these sources point to the same thing that Yaakov was 63 when he left his parents' home, and 77 we arrived at Aram Naraim. And in there it says that he was Mutman in base Aver, otherwise known as the Yeshivas, Shame Be'er. So he didn't stay Yeshiva until It sounds like when he left, Aver was still alive, and Aver died two years after that. When Ezra, so it sounds like Ezra waited. Andrew's asking, what about Baruch Benaria? He's putting it all together. Um, well, Baruch Benaria, did he wait for Baruch Benaria to pass away? Yeah, I guess so, before he left. Uh, either that, or he waited until he got, so to speak, smicha, you know, completed his studies with him. Um, right, so in other words, Andrew's asking, like, does he have to learn with me, Dafyomi, till, uh, till Meva Esrim? The answer is yes, Andrew. We're in this for the long haul. <laughs> we, we should be zachar to go to Yerushalayim together. Habnuyah. Okay. <clears throat> Anyways, this whole thing is to teach you that Kibbut Aim is not as great as Talmud Torah. Why? Because after all, he, uh, he was away from his parents for 36 years. And yet, he was only punished for 22. Must be that he wasn't punished for the 14 years of Shem Ever. Because during that time he was studying Torah, and during and so long as he was studying Torah, he was immune to the punishment for the kibbutz Abayim. He had no responsibility of kibbutz Abayim. Ask the Gemara. We now under Melamianish. How do we know that he wasn't punished for those fourteen years? They go out of their way <clears throat> to go all these rushes to yep. prove this point. That was a real scenic route to prove this point. I mean, it's an interesting point, anyways. But Titania. Anyway, Nimsa, I mean, there's other things you learn. 14 years to get prepared, to go to Galas, etc., etc. Anyway, Natanya, we learned the Bryson. Nimsa Yosef Shapir Shmaravi Vesrimishtaim Shana. Yosef was separated from his father 22 years. Kashem Shapir Shiakov Avinu Melavi Vdiakov, right? So, in other words, the Bryson says that it was a Mida connected Mida. The Yosef was separated from his father Yaakov for 22 years, just like Yaakov was separated from his parents, from his father for 22 years. However, the Gemara asked, the Yaakov, Klausim Vishisa Avayan. Yeah, but according to our calculation, Yaakov was 36 years separated from Yosef. And you can see it. Because why? Vayeshev Yaakov Beretz Megurev Beretz Kenan Yosef Ben Shvay Shana Hayah Right? 
Yosef was 17 years old when he left. Well, guess what? We know that he got to Mitzrayim when he was 30. So that's what? 13 years plus another nine years, right? The seven years of, of plenty and the two years of famine. 13 years between the age 17 and 30 plus nine years before Yaakov sees him. 13 plus nine is exactly 22. So we know that Yosef was missing for 22 years. Ah. So Elar Beisa, the Hava Beisaver, Lachashiv Lahu. Right. Now, as Yaakov, as we just mentioned, was 36 years away. So, and Yosef, as we just illustrated, was 22. Has to be that he wasn't punished, Yaakov, for the 14 years that he was a Yeshiva Shem Beaver. Now the Gemara is going to get a little detailed. Why did the punishment last 22 years? Sof, sof, the base love and stream shnin havain. Wait a minute. It wasn't exactly 22 years that he was away. I thought it was only 20 years. Why? Well, look at the Pasuk. If you look at the Pesukim, you have 14 years working for Lavan, and then another six years, and that's what the Pesukim say, but the Pesukim aren't precise. We don't really know how long he was there. So now the Gemara is going to detail that. It says the Gemara, No. He delayed another two years on his way back to his father. Tanya. Right, Amar Naim is where Lavan was. When Yaakov left, he went to Sukkos. How do we know? Because it says, Shunemar in the Pasuk, Right, he's building the Sukkos. We say beautiful things about it. We quote that he made Batamid Roshos, etc. But the point is, he was taking his sweet old time getting home. It took him the better part of two years to get home. He didn't make a beeline for the house. So 18 years at Sukkos, and 18 months rather at Sukkos, another six months, right, in Basel, making Karbanos, all good stuff, Talmud Torah, Avaida, all the good things. However, adding up 18 months and six months to a full two years that he took his sweet time getting home, and you could say, that by taking a sweet time coming home, that revealed that the entire time that he was at Lavan, he wasn't rushing back, and so he was punished for the entire time. Just like Aronowitz, if you have time Why? to learn, Why? and you say, oh, I'm working, so I don't have time to learn. Oh, well, what do you do when you do have time to learn? If you learn, so then you show that the entire time that you were working, you wanted to learn. But if you're just futzing around, Why? so then you get punished for all the time that you didn't learn. Hadron Allah, Megillah, Nikres, as we beautifully finish the uh, darshaning of the Megillah, and we start with a whole new topic in Yudzayin Abad Aleph at the uh, semi-manageable time, 6.04 a.m. Let's turn on the afterburners, yeah, Andrew. Question. Yeah, fast question. Why is Israel called Israel and not Avramol? Why is it called Avramol? Uh, uh, why are we named for Yaakov and not for Av- uh, Avram Avinu? Excellent question. Um, well, Yaakov is the father of the Shvatim. We really, once we get into the Shvatim, we are incorporating into, baked into our DNA, all of the influences of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Right. Oh, um, okay. And here we go. Mishnah. Well, we saw from this, you showed me that. It's so important that we have to go for all the numbers. Right, right. Okay, here we go. Yudzai, no, Nabadal. When we learn, what are we supposed to get out of it? No, wait a minute. We're supposed to get out, well... Right now, Andrew thinking we're supposed to get out of it. We're supposed to get. Uh, we're supposed to get to the end of Yudzayin. Uh, let's see if we can do it. You ready? Some, there's time to think and it's time to do. Right? There's an ace lasso's here. Hakare es hamegila lemafreya lo yatsa. Okay, the Mishnah Hakare es hamegila. Second parak in Maseches Megillah. Getting technical a little bit. When you read the Megillah out of order, you're not yatsim with the Megillah. You have to read it in order. Perhaps Andrew to appreciate the sequence of events. 
and the way that the right hashgacha uh, of Hashem is revealed in order. That's important. Okay, recited by heart. targum as we'll see. You can't do it by heart. You can't read it in any other language besides Hebrew. Lo yatsa, right? Because you're not yatsa. As we'll see in the Megillah, we'll see all in the Gemara all the sources for this. It has to be read like out of a straight psukim. Aval belaz. This is a fascinating thing. Rashi points out already the contradiction here that we'll have to address in the Gemara, which is if people only understand, let's say Swahili, so then you have to read. You can read it in Swahili for foreigners. That's interesting. So we'll see. However, if you have like, you know, a BT who walks in and he only speaks Swahili, but he's hearing Megillah in Hebrew in the regular uh, Jacob Shari Zion, he is in fact going to be Yotze, fine. So continues the Mishnah, you read it uh, discontinuously, which means you're taking a lot of breaks or you're like half asleep, then you are Yotze, we'll see the details of that. What about if you're writing Megillah and as you're writing the Megillah or you're translating the Megillah and correcting it. And, but in the process, you are, in fact, going to say every word out loud, so then it's going to depend. It's going to depend on your Kavana. If your Kavana, Kavana is, we'll see what the Kavana is supposed to be, but if your Kavana, when you're reading the words of the actual Megillah, is to be Yotze, the mitzvah of Mikros Megillah, then you're going to be Yotze. But if not, you're just doing it for the exercise of writing it or whatever, then you're not going to be Yotze. It's going to depend on Kavana. We will get into mitzvah Srikos Kavana in that context. Fine. How about the actual materials of writing Megillah? So it says the Mishnah, which is stuff that we don't know what it is, we'll describe. We've described it already. Um, I think it was Masechah Shabbos, maybe? The different um, types of dyo, right? Because in the case of Hotzah. Anyway, different kinds of dyo, other than the one you're supposed to use, right? Then you're not going to be Yotze, right? As we will see, it's supposed to be like a real Sefer Torah type writing. You can't write it on a 10 by 4 or on diphtoras, which you see what that is. But basically, you're not writing on regular parchment, not using regular ink. If you do that, which is our regular right Hebrew black letters that we're used to in Sifrei Torah and Megillah, and has to be Allah Sefer, regular cloth, and Uvidyo in the regular ink. So let's get into it. Dig in. How do we know that? The Megillah has to be read in order. I'm a Rava, I'm a Krak, Manam. A Pasuk in the Megillah says, has to be done in, as you're supposed to write it, and as you suppo- and in their proper, uh, time. Says the Gemara, Just like time is a, is a linear continuum, a sequential, and you can't take time out of order, can't turn back the clock, Aronowitz, so too, you cannot write, read, and write, right, the Megillah out of sequence. Just like time. Uh, Birnbaum is a sci-fi fan, so he points out that this Megillah is very anti-time travel. Okay. But not for now. Wait a minute. All of this, was not in the context necessarily of writing. Right? It was with regards to doing, meaning, right, the, as we've discussed, like the Suda and the celebration was what we were talking about. Right in the context of the Megillah, it says that you should do, not that you should write. It says the Gemara. Now the pasuk says these days should be remembered and done, meaning the remembrance, as we'll see, is the actual right Megillah, and the doing is like the Suda and the Mishlach Manos and the Matanos Levionim. So says the Gemara. So just like you can't do right the. Um, 
and the Suda out of sequence. You can't do the 15th before the 14th and etc. That has to be done in its proper time. So too, the writing of the Megillah has to be done in its proper time and in its proper order. So five lines up from the bottom. And we say like this. So this is the Brisa. The Brisa says other things where you have to have proper sequence. Halel, Kriyashma, Tefillah. In other words, you can't say the paragraphs of Kriyashma out of order. You can't say the Brachos of Shemineser out of order. You can't say the paragraphs of Halal out of order. How do we know? Says the Gemara, Halal minalon. How do we know? Rabbi Amar, I'm going to quote a pasuk in Tehillim. Mimizach Shemesh Ad Mevo'o. So, yeah. It says that if you read the whole pasuk, Mehulal Shem Hashem. Ah, Mehulal. Halal. So, Halal has to be read just like the sun rises and sets. Well, that's sequential. So therefore, just like the sun rises and sets, so too, Halal has to be done in sequence. Rav Yosef Amar, Yom Hashem, this is the day Hashem is made. Rav Amar, Hishem Hashem Mevorach. It's all written in Halal, all of these references, and it implies that it should always be like it is, always in the same order. Good. From now and forever. In other words, the continuation. Halal has to be the same, always. You don't mess around with it in terms of the order. That's Halal. Kriyashma, how do we know Kriyashma? The Tanya, Kriyashma Kichsava. The Brisa says that it has to be as written in Hebrew and not in any other language. That's a Brisa. Devi Rebbe. So Rebbe learned that it has to be only in Hebrew. Bechachamim say it has to be in any language. We're going to get deep into this machlokus now. Um, as we've already seen it towards the beginning of Brachos, this is kind of a Dafyomi coincidence with the Mishnah Yomis, but not for now. So we, now we ask, my time at the Rebbe. So now, what was this Rebbe? Again, it says Kriyashma either only in Hebrew, or um, in any language. So what's Rebbe's reasoning that can be only in Hebrew? Amar Karaz, we turn to Yudzayim Bez, Vehayu, Bav Yasson Hayu, right? Vehayu, Vehayu. That's what the Pasuk says in Kriyashma. Vehayu Advarim Ha'ele, Asher Anochim Yitzavcha Hayom Alav Avecha. Okay? Vehayu, Vehav Yasson Hayu, like there are supposed to be in Hebrew. Okay, so then if it says Vehayu, so how do the Rabbanon think that it can be in any language? Rabbanon, my time, Hayom, Amar Karashma. You should hear it. When you hear it, you can hear any language. Okay. So for Rebbe, Nami Aksiv Shema. So what does Rebbe do with the Pasuk Shema? Yeah, he hears Shema. See what I did there? Um, but what he's learning out of it is that you have to be audible to yourself. You can't just whisper it or think it in your mind. You have to be audible when you say the Kriya Shema. Okay. Rabbanan Savri Kamanda Amar Hakara Shema Veloish Rabbanan reject that Limud from Shema. They hold that you could whisper it and you could be Yodse. So now the Gemara is going to say, okay, wait a minute. For Rabbanan Nami, Aksiv Vahayu. Yeah, but Vahayu, which was a source of Rebbe, is also learned by Rabbanan. So what did they learn from Vahayu? Says the Gemara, Humi Baile, Shaloi There it is. According to the Rabbanan, we have a source. We have Vahayu. Again, according to Rebbe, we don't have Vahayu because he uses it to teach you that it has to be in Hebrew. But Rabbanan, who say the Kriyashma could be said in any language, they learn Vahayu to teach you that it has to be like it is, right? In its order. The Rebbe has to agree that right? Says the Gemara, It's funny, right? Because Rebbe and the Chachamim, they disagree on the Hebrew issue, but they don't disagree on the Lemafreya issue. That is categorically accepted. That Krishma is one of the things that can't be out of order. And so Rebbe needs to have an alternative source. What's his source? It could have said Dvarim, but it says In fact, that extra hey exists is teaching you that it has to be in order. They don't learn Hadvarim, and therefore they don't need that. And they learn it from, right, from Hayu. Fine. Uh, continuing a little bit with this. 
Wait a minute. Are you going to say, according to Rebbe, that the whole Torah could be read? Is this just creation? Is this Vahayu Advarim? It sounds like it's referring to everything. So you could read the Torah in any language? It has to be. Right? If you thought it had to be in Lashon HaKadosh, then why do you need um, Hayu? Hayu is teaching you that Kriyashma has to be in, in Hebrew, right? This is in context, right? If you right, went in thinking that, that the whole Torah has to be in Hebrew, so you wouldn't need to learn that Kriyashma has to be in Hebrew because Kriyashma is part of the Torah. The Hayu seems to indicate that in contrast, the rest of the Torah, according to Rebbe, can be done in any language. Says the Gemara, no, it's trich. Even if you thought the Torah could be read in Hebrew, you would still need the Hayu. Why? Because, because Basak says Shema, that takes it out of the context of the rest of the Torah and makes it sound like whatever language you listen to, right? So the Hayu is teaching you that Shema has to be in Hebrew to counteract the fact that Shema sounds more inclusive of other languages. And now let's go back from the other direction. Does the Rabbana think that the whole Torah has to be written only in Hebrew? Right? Because if you would have thought that the Torah could be read in any language, you wouldn't need the Pasuk Shema to teach you that it could be learned in any language. You might have thought for Hayu is like Rabbi, that Kriya Shema would be different than the rest of the Torah in the sense that it has to be written in Hebrew. Shema is to reject that and to teach you that it can be, in fact, in theory, in any language, were it not for the extra Pasuk. Good. So, we've done Hallel, we've done Kriyashima. You ready for Tefillah Garanowitz? The rest of the daf is going to discuss the sequence of the brachas in Shmonei Esrei. Here we go. Tefillah Minala. How do we know that the, <clears throat> that the um, brachas of Shmonei Esrei are deliberate in their order? It says like this. So, if anybody asks you who arranged the 18 brachas of Shemin Esrei, or the 19 as it were, but initially the 18 with the ancient Knesset Zagdola, Shimon Hapakuli. Amar B'yochanan, Amar B'yochanan, Amar B'yochanan said, some say it was a actual b'risa, Me'ave Esrim Zekenim, Uvahem Kamanavim, Tiknu Shemin Esrei, Brachos Alasader. There's 120 Zekenim, some of them, among them, were the late Nevi'im, and that is who established Shemin Esrei. Tanar Bonam, here we go. Let's go for the reason why we have the 18 brachas in their order. How do we know that we start with the first brachas of us? What's the order? The order is, I'll just say it quickly, one, avos, two, gvuros, three, kedushos, four, bina, right? Five, tshuva, six, slicha, seven, geula, eight, refuah, nine, birchas hashanim, ten, kibbutz galias, eleven, din, twelve, birchas aminim, thirteen, tzaddikim, fourteen, bin yushalayim, fifteen, machas beis david, sixteen, kabbalas tefillah, seventeen, avoda, eighteen, oda, nineteen, shalom. So, how do we know that you start with Avos? Shneemar, Havol Hashem Bnei Elim. We already learned this. Um, this is all going to be from Tehillim Chav Tes. Tehillim Chav Tes is, is expanding. Um, we, this is a famous Pasuk that we say when we, when we walk around with the Sefer Torah, right? Havol Hashem Bnei Elim is the first thing. So we already discussed, Elim are the powerful ones. The powerful ones start. That's how the Pasuk starts. It's Pasuk 1 of Tehillim Chav Tes. And therefore, the Bnei Elim are the Avos. Those are the powerful ones. So we start with the Avos. So how do we know number two is Gvuros? Right? So you take the, order, the Pasuk in order. Okay. 
So you read the Pasuk straight through. You have Elim, which is Avos. You have Gavuros, which is Gavuros, right, covered Vos. And then you have Hadras Kodesh, which is Kedusha. Okay. <coughs> it says the Gemara. Okay, fine. So we have one, two, and three. How do we know number four, Bina? Umar, Lomar, Bina, Acha, Kedusha. Shenemar, Vikdisha, Kedusha, Yaakov, so look, Israel, Yavritsu. What's this? There's a Pasuk in Yishaya. Yishaya. The, the rest of these are going to be in Yishaya. So here we go. In other words, the Pasuk says, which is obviously talking about Kedusha. And then, immediately afterwards, those who go off the derech, Bina. Those who erred in spirit, when we finally, right, in the end of days, they'll know insight, Bina. <coughs> I got a frog in my throat. Sorry. Okay. So that's how Bina gets number four. Umar ulomar tshuva acher Bina. And how do we know tshuva after Bina? Dechsev ulvavo yavin v'shav v'rafalo. His heart will understand. And then v'shav v'rafalo. So after you have Bina, v'shav, you have tshuva. And then refuah, right? That's what you would think. So then we have avos, v'ros, kedushos, Bina, tshuva, good, perfect. And then after that should be refuah, but that's not what we have. We have tshuva and then we have slicha. And then Gula, and then Rafua. So the Gemara addresses that. In other words, Yavin Vishav Rafala sounds like Bina, then Chuva, then Rafua. Says the Gemara. Iachi Lema Rafua Basra de Chua de Chuva. If you're going to use that Pasuk, the Rafua should come right after the Chuva. Says the Gemara. Lo Sakadaitach. Again, Psukim Yishayao. Nixiva Yeshovel Hashem Vayeracha Meu Vela Lokenu Kiarbe Islach. There you go. You have the Pasuk that says Chuva, and it's not followed by Rafua, but rather Rachamim. And then slicha. Okay. Okay, but now it's just conflicting psukim. One has refua, one has slicha. So how do you know? Says the Gemara, no. We have a different pasuk that's going to resolve this as follows. Hasoleach. Again, in Yishayot. Hasoleach. Lekol onechi. Right? Forgives all your sins. Harofe. Lekol tachlu aichi. So we have soleach and then rofe. Slicha, then Rafua, and then Hagoel Mishachas Chayaychi, and then redemption from the pit. Hence, accounting for Slicha, well, Tshuva, and then Slicha, and then Geula. Hasoleach is Tshuva, and then Slicha, and then, wait a minute. Then it's supposed to be Rafua, and then Geula. Why is Geula coming before Rafua? Vaksiv is Shav Rafalo. And then also it says Shav, and then Rafua. Says the Gemara, no, no. Hahu lav refuah de tachluimi. Don't you don't understand? That's not physical refuah when it says hasoleach harofe and hagoel. That's el refuah de slichai. In other words, that refuah is the spiritual refuah, which is forgiveness. Ah, oh, so now soleach and refuah is together. So now it's a soleach harofe, which is slicha, and then hagoel. So now we got it. We got tshuva, then slicha, then geula, and then refuah. Good. Umaro lomar geula b'shvius. Wait a minute. Amarav. Why is so now? That's the answer for the order. But now we're going ahead and we're saying that there's additional symbolism to the fact that Gula is the seventh bracha. Interesting. How so? How do you like that? Because Israel is destined to be Nigal when? In the seven years. In other words, seven years that precede Mashiach, you got to look in Gemara Sanhedrin for that, as Rashi quotes, right? Will be marked by some unusual occurrences, perhaps some wars, Perhaps some famine, perhaps some pandemics. Okay, so lefichah kavua b'shvius. So because of that source, that is why we have right the geula in the shvius. 
Okay. I have Amar Mar Bashish's Kolos. Wait a minute. But we heard Bashish's Kolos, Bashish's Milchamos, the Motzi Shvi's Ben David Ba. We had a uh, member from, from Mar that said that the seventh year is going to be a year of wars. It's really going to be the end of seven years when David Amelch is going to come, which implies the eighth year. So why is the Geula not in the eighth year? So the Gemara answers, Milchama Nami Aschalta de Geulahi. Yeah, don't kid yourself. The Milchama is the Aschalta de Geula. The war itself, albeit challenging, is the beginning, and therefore that marks the beginning of the Gula, and therefore it's appropriate that Gula should be seventh. Okay. Umaro Loma Rafur Bishminis asks the Gemara, it's appropriate that Rafur should be in the eighth. Why? After all, Bishmila is on the eighth day, and Bishmila requires Rafur, so it's appropriate that Rafur should be the eighth bracha. Again, allusions, not the reason, because we already mentioned those in the Psukim, why we had them in this order, but it's also fitting. Umaro Loma Birchas Hashan Bishis. Moving on to ninth bracha. Amar of Alexandri, Kinegin Mafkiyeh She'arim. Well, the Mafkiyeh She'arim are the price gougers. They are in the shuk and they are raising the prices unfairly. The Chsev Shvor Zroar Rasha. This is in Tehillim. They are Rishayim. V'davik Ki Amar B'chiyeh Samra. And when he said Shvor Zroar Rasha, he was talking about, right, he mentioned it in the what? The ninth Tehillim. So you say, okay, good. This is the ninth capital to Hillam, to Hillam Tess. And there he mentions the price gougers. And therefore, it's appropriate, Birchas Hashanim, because we want there to be what? Abundance in Birchas Hashanim. That's what we ask for. And therefore, there won't be price gougers. Rashi and Tosos both point out, uh, it's not capital Tet. Guys, it's capital Yud. What are you going to do? So Tosos brings up that the first and second uh, chapters of Tehillim are one. Rashi says that the ninth and the tenth must be one. Be that as it may, we're eight lines up from the bottom on Yudzayin with base as follows. Okay, so we said Birchas Hashanim. How do we have Kibbutz Goliath after that? Your mountains will sprout, your branches give fruit to the people, which is to say, for they are close to returning, guys. The blossoming of Eretz Yisrael, which was fallow for thousands of years, is a sign of a preparation for the Kibbutz Goliath. That's a fairish pasuk in Yechazkel. So if you see fruit in the land of Israel, you know that Mashiach is soon, and therefore that is why Kibbutz Goliath is after Birchaz Hashanim. Because Birchaz Hashanim is plenty, Kibbutz Goliath follow it. And then Rishayim follows Kibbutz Goliath in the Brachos, in the order of the Brachos from Neshur it's an Isaiah. You're going to smite the wicked until they're no more. And then I'll restore your judges. In other words, so you have Kibbutz Goliath, did by Rashaim, and then Ashiva Shavtecha, hence accounting for the order in the Shemnasrim. And once you do din from the Rashaim, you won't have Poshim anymore, the wicked ones, and then all the, all the Zaydim, the presumptuous. Sinners will go there. They're going to be destroyed together. And once the poshim go down, that's when the tzaddikim go up. That's a pasuk in Tehillim that says that when the rishayim get cut off, the tzaddikim rise up. And by the way, if you look at Shonasrei, we mentioned Gerei HaTzadik. What's this Ger Tzedek? What does it have to do with Tzedekim? Because it says, Look at the juxtaposition of Psukim and Chumash. It says, 
So we see that a ger tzedek is right. Itcha ger is right uh, equal to a pnei zaken who is a tzedek. And then veichan misremes kar number yishalaim. Where will the horner of the righteous be exalted in yishalaim? Shenem ashalu shalom yishalaim. Yishal you avayich pasuk into him. Pray for the peace of yishalaim. Those who love you will be serene. Vechevan shenivnes yishalaim ba David. And once yishalaim is built, David will uh, arrive. As we arrive at Yerchesim Aleph, and it's like David's uh, arrival at Yerushalayim, Achar Yeshuv Nei Yisrael Avikshus Hashem Elokechem Ves David Malkam, and that's when the children of Israel will seek Hashem and David Hamelech Apasukin Hoshea, um, and Andrew is as excited to have arrived at Daf Yerches as uh, David was uh, almost in the arrival of Yerushalayim, where we all be zochet to arrive in Yerushalayim Habnuya Bekarov.